Great Scott, it's episode 179. As we go beyond Marty McFly's past, we're going to look to the future of getting our next generation of geeks in video games and other geeky passions. I'm Chris. I'm Brian. And I'm Cam. And tonight, we're going to be joined by our guest co-host, Janice Davis, video game writer, author, and podcaster. Thank you all so much for having me. How are you? Awesome. Thanks for being here. By the way... Before we get into the podcast, don't forget to look us up on iTunes, give us maximum stars and favorable comments, and subscribe. Let's look at our Flux Capacitor, make sure our dates are all correct, and get into our Geekly Weekly, Weekly Geekly. I think we're going to start tonight with Brian first. Uh, not a terribly exciting week. I uh, I made the mistake of picking up a new video game, so I, I've been playing that kind of nonstop. Has anyone seen Transformers Devastation? I've seen it. I've not played it. It's kind of weird because it's not like a real AAA title. It was kind of like slapped together, but it is cell shaded generation one graphics. Mm -hmm. So it really looks exactly like you're playing the cartoon from the eighties. And I can't quite tell if they got the original voices, but if they didn't, they did a really excellent job duplicating them so it it it's, it's felt like i've been like 10 again all week long soundwave sounded like soundwave and i haven't seen soundwave yet megatron uh bumblebee and optimist all sound exactly like i remember nice. awesome got some pretty exciting news i think i had dropped this like oh i hope we can news before uh lae will be at chibi paw we got like confirmed yesterday so that that's that's really exciting for me i have another weekend of cosplay photography coming up soon uh, again one of my favorite cons like I, I i love the the tiny local stuff i'm i'm really looking forward to chibi paw and something bizarre happened i guess the renovations at the hotel that they've been at for years didn't get completed so the hotel like upgraded them to like a resort and spa free of charge. Nice. So this is going to be like koi pond, heated stone, massage oil <laughs> convention. It should be a lot of fun. Wow. It's going to be tough uh, with all that anime stuff on, all, all the cosplay stuff on. Yeah. Well, the koi will feel uh, at home. True. And finally, I, I know we've we've been talking about this a little bit lately, where to take the podcast, how to grow the podcast. I just just as a hobby, I'm I'm a bit of a DIYer, so I have been working on like I mean I hesitate to call them buttons; they're more like paperweights, just just logoed themed paperweights instead of like you know business cards or stickers or whatever. They turn out pretty cool. I like them. It's it's neat. So right, we might have those yeah. debuting at AGS soon. Yeah, as I say, you got to bring bring that by. I want, I want to check it out. I will do that. Gotta we'll have to do like winner gets one tomorrow night for each game or something. Sweet, for sure. Is there, are you wrapped up, Brian? Yep. All right. So Cam, roll out. <laughs> I uh I had a pretty tame week as well. Um been doing a lot of uh preparation mainly. Um preparing for Animate this weekend. I'll be running the Doctor Who tracks there and all the panels uh for that. Um I will be at um BGGCon next month and I've been engaging in their online virtual flea market 
selling a bunch of games that I have and buying a bunch of games that I can't afford. So that's been fun. I've been engaged in that, you know, buying frenzy for quite a while uh, for the last few weeks. Just been playing a lot of games. Um, I've been playing a lot of Barbarossa, which is the precursor to El Alamin, uh, which actually just funded on Kickstarter yesterday, I believe, which uh, I think it hit 160,000. Their, their, that was their maximum stretch goal. So that's pretty cool. Um, that should be coming uh, my way in a few months, and I'm excited for that. Uh, I'm also engaging in my very first math trade, which I don't know if you guys know what that is. It's, I'll just explain it a little bit. It's like if I have game A, Brian has game B, Chris has game C, I don't want game B, but I want game C, but Chris doesn't want my game, but Brian wants my game. So it's like sort of like I trade, uh, basically I trade my game to someone who wants it and they trade their game to someone who wants that. And then somehow it ends up getting me back to a game that I wanted through like, you know, hundreds of different traders at once. So we'll see what happens. Might win out, you know, I might make out like a bandit and I might get the short end of the stick, but we'll see. And, um, you know, normal AGS stuff, uh, Adventure Game Store, our illustrious sponsor, um, our Tuesdays and Thursday game nights, um, been taking part in that. And, uh, and that's about it for my, uh, for my week. Your math trades through BGG also? Math trade is through BGG, yeah. Board Game Geek, for those that don't know. I am sure you are aware, but I'll say it just for, for the, the fan. I, I have heard excellent response from the math trade, so hopefully you won't, you know, be the one in a thousand that gets screwed or whatever. Yeah, apparently it's it's very simple and straightforward, the matrix and stuff that you use for the, for the trading. I, I guess apparently the only issue is if you're, wanting like if you want something and multiple people are offering it you can end up with multiple copies of something um so it's a little tricky to sort of guard against that but uh, i I don't i'm hope i'm hoping that doesn't happen to me because i'm not really looking for multiples of anything so other than that yeah i think it should work out good okay so janice do you want to be next or would you want me to go first sure absolutely let her rip I'm so excited to be here. I love your Geekly Weekly segment. This is so cool, like diving into what we did this week. Oh, I'm so excited. So let's see. Uh, for me, let's see, let's see. I think one of my favorite things that I'm working on this week that I think is pretty geeky but pretty cool is I uh, am starting to – I'm starting to write the lore for my character on Star Citizen. I don't know if any of you are familiar with Star Citizen. Um, have you Have you played the alpha at all or have you heard about the game? I have followed it. I have not gotten to play it. Okay, well, it is really cool. Basically, uh, you can create an organization, and um, you, as citizens, you can you know band together with your your favorite friends, or, or hey, you're not so favorite friends, whatever whatever you like to do, <laughs> and um, you can create you know you can pick uh, their star map for Star Citizen just came out, so you can go online and you you can actually look at the different planets and and the different jump portals that you can go through um, with your ships, and I I think it's 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 new for me. I, I am um, a fairly new D&D player. I started uh, a couple years ago. And so the whole uh, being able to, to write the story and play, you know, the game and choose your path is so fun for me. And uh, so I have three new ships in Star Citizen that I've been looking at and playing with. Um, I have um, the ship called the M50, the Cutlass, and the Retaliator. And so I've, I've just kind of been, it's been cool just cutting my teeth on my first space sim game 
And of course, you know, Star Citizen, it's not out yet or anything. I am talking about the alpha phase of the game, but it's just an incredible, it's a, it's incredible feeling to be a part of uh, this group of gamers that, uh, believes in this game and is so excited about, you know, backing, um, Chris Roberts' vision. Um, he, he, he created, you know, Roberts Space Industries and it's just, I really feel like this game is on the cutting edge of, of technology, you know, visually, um, and the play style. It's just, on, on one of the uh, the planet sides part of the game that just came out, you can walk out and just see uh, the, the universe, you know, see yourself standing in the middle of the space, you know, on, on the deck of where your ship is. And you guys, it's just, it's nothing like I've, I've ever seen. So I'm really hopeful and excited about Star Citizen. So that's one of the things I've been doing this week. <laughs> and let's see, other things were... Um, I finished another book. I'm a huge book lover. I absolutely love, love books and I'm old fashioned. I like paperbacks. I have a Kindle, so I do read ebooks too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I feel like those, um, or definitely my Geekly Weeklies. And of course, I, I've um, uh, just started playing Witcher 3. So I, uh, I've been able to dig into that a little bit more. Um, so yeah, little video games, little books. That's That's been me this week. Oh, and I'm getting ready for uh, my upcoming trips. I, I'll be appearing at Tulsa and um, the Austin Comic Con coming up this weekend and the next. Very cool. Yeah. I love the name Retaliator. That's an awesome name for a ship. That's really cool. <laughs> Isn't that cool? And that's the that thing. Really I mean, cool. you can really dig in and, and decide, you know, what planet you're from and and um, uh, your your species or your race. You can decide what kind of ships you want to be, if you want to be a fighter, if you want to be an explorer, you know, a forager, a freelancer. Like, it's, it's really, it's really cool. You've got to play it with me, guys. Come on. Can one get in now or... I thought it was kind of closed. You can if you um, are a, a, a backer of the of the project, so you're able to you know get into the alpha parts of the game. So if you just join in as a backer, I'm sure you'll be able to play too. Oh, I didn't know you could still back. That's awesome, actually. Yeah, I'll have to consider. One more question: What book? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. I love books. <laughs> You're going to get me on a topic I love. Um, I absolutely love, I don't know if you guys have ever, um, read any of China Meville's books. Um, but he says that he writes, he, he, he calls it weird fiction, which I love. <laughs> and so, um, The City in the City is, uh, one of my favorite, favorite books. And I just finished, um, rereading that this week. And I also, uh, finished a new book called, um, Banished of Mirwood, which was really a book I I'd never heard of or anything, so I finished that one as well. See, you guys didn't know what a book bookworm I was. <laughs> That's awesome. Chris, man, there's a new new author for you. you. Absolutely, Chris. Absolutely. I, I would love to talk books and I hope you guys check out my book. Oh, for sure. Well, maybe somebody already is. Yeah. Sure. If you guys like video games, which you which you said you do, so yes. hey, it's a video game thriller. How perfect is that? Exactly. <laughs> Well, speaking of, I am reading The Holder's Dominion, which is your video game book. Yay, thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm not done yet, but I am I'm reading through it. And no spoilers, everyone. No, no spoilers. Everyone zip-lipped. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say I was going in expecting one type and then getting another type. 
Yeah, you know, that's interesting that you say that. Uh, sorry to jump in. It's just, I, I get that a lot where, um, even some of my, um, ARC, which stands for advanced reader copies, when you send out ARCs to, you know, uh, uh, critics and, and reviewers, um, this, this hugely, uh, um, amazing, uh, respected person in the video game industry, his name's Dr. Richard Bartle. Uh, it was so funny, you know, um, he, he emailed me. He's like, Oh, Janice, I'm starting to read Holder's Dominion and uh, I, I already know know where it's going. And I, you know, I really feel like it's just too predictable. You know, come on, what are you doing? And I said, Dr. Bridal, just keep going. <laughs> just keep going. I, I promise it's not, that's not going where you think. And sure enough, it was so, it was so awesome to, to have him reply back, you know, a, a week later and go, wow, you were right. I was totally judging the book by its cover. And I thought I, I knew exactly where you were headed with it. And you took me on twists and turns and, and it didn't go uh, how I thought. And I, and I kept him, it was very unpredictable for him. And so it was kind of like that moment, you know, where someone you look up to and you admire for, for being such a pioneer in the video game industry. I mean, Dr. Bartle, he, he literally invented uh, the gaming test where you can actually t uh, take this test and, and it'll tell you what type of gamer you are, whether uh, you favor exploring or whether you uh, favor PvP, um, player versus player, uh, or whether you um, favor um, uh, social, the social aspect. So it's really cool to have someone that, you know, I've looked up to in the industry to to come back and be like, absolutely, you know, I he, he endorsed um, um, holders and, and I, I took him for a turn. He didn't know <laughs> where I was going to lead him. So thank you for bringing that up. I really appreciate that. Oh, no, no problem. No problem. I feel like with the name Richard Bortle, you can't be anything but a video game literature phd <laughs> crit, critic right that's right that's right bartle yeah b-a-r-t-l-e yes yeah, he's, he's typecast by his name as soon as he was born that was it university of essex and all you know Very cool. but yeah he he was one of my um uh reviewers and then also uh i don't know if you guys are familiar with christy golden but she's an incredible author who writes um world of warcraft books and star wars books and she uh was actually one of my editors on on the book and it was really cool to hear her say, you know, we need this. We don't have any um, books out there that have a female protagonist, you know, set in a new adult setting uh, about video games. And she's right. You know, the only um, um, book that I sometimes um, that that fans will bring up to me is Ready Player One. But again, you know, that's totally different. Um, it has the, the whole '80s backstory, and it's set in the future, and it has a male protagonist. So, although my my book also weaves in MMORPGs, it's still very different. So, ah, uh, it's very cool to have people like Christy also be like, hey, this book is needed and I'm so glad it's here. <laughs> and I agree. She did that amazing Arthas book, didn't she? Oh, yes. Arthas. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you said that. It, that book has left such an impression on me. I mean, Arthas is one of my favorite characters in World of Warcraft, regardless, or Warcraft, excuse me. And so to have to be able to read the book that she wrote specifically about him, she did such a great job. I mean, I, I really feel like she just she, she nailed his lore and I, I had chills reading it. Did you? Yeah, I, I really did. I, I wasn't expecting a whole lot from like, ooh, a video game novel. That was really brilliant. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, that's part of why I love being able to talk to, you know, people like you guys about um, not only, you know, my book, but about just video games in general, because a lot of people do have 
just uh, so many uh, preconceptions or, or, you know, maybe they've heard the media talk about uh, maybe negative stereotypes about video games, which, you know, of course, in, in some circles can be true. You know, we've all heard like, ah, my friend is addicted <laughs> or, 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 oh, you know, such and such is always by themselves and isolated and, you know, playing that video game. But in reality, I mean, I can I can attest to meeting so many people from around the world who are doctors and lawyers and politicians and writers and and developers, you know, who all come together um, to, to to play these games and to and to actually, I feel like we kind of uh, uh, we become not not a different person, but we become almost a better part of our ourselves. Like we, you know, rally together and help people, you know, down that mob or or finish that quest. And so I don't know. For me, video games have really, ultimately, they've really changed my life and really just um, helped me uh, uh, step out into the world in different ways. What about you guys? One of my just absolute favorite nerdy topics is the shared narrative. Oh, yes. And you you can't exemplify that better than than MMOs. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love even going off the rails and and away from the story a video game might be telling. Your friends are telling the story of your little guild and the adventures that they're on and it might not have anything to do with you know, Arthas or, or the Dreadlands or, or anything like that. It might just be like your own little thing, but you know, it's, it's nothing you could have created on your own. Right. Absolutely. I, I feel like Shroud of the Avatar is going to be so much like that because I, I always hear Richard Garriott, you know, another icon in the industry. I always hear him saying things like, you know, wanting to share, uh, share the development process, share the narrative, bring in gamers to write their own stories and become, uh, see, see a part of their character that they have never seen before in different games. So I, I have, I have really high hopes for that game as well. I think that that's going to be really cool. And he said that in the game, you can go in and, you know, write books that, you know, people will be able to, all these, you know, different players will be able to read. And I don't know, I think he's really nailed on that shared narrative part. I love that. Yeah, for sure. Oh, so many great games to play. I just, so little time. <laughs> Amen. But yeah, I, I honestly, you guys, I, it's such a, it's such a passionate project for me to, to just share how influential video games can be and in the positive way because you know way back in the day in 2002 I started playing Final Fantasy 11 do I have any Final Fantasy fans in the room <laughs> not <hope>. 11 <laughs> but 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 final other final fantasies maybe yeah <laughs> yeah for sure for sure, for sure I mean that whole franchise is incredible and and for 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 people to hear that I cut my teeth on on 11, most people are pretty surprised because as MMOs go, that's, you know, a pretty hardcore game where, you know, you lose experience if you die and you have to kneel to, to get MP or HP back. And, um, you know, usually I, I would, uh, uh, sit with my, you know, link shell for, for hours just waiting for a certain, you know, mob to spawn. And I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely now when I play other MMOs, I think, wow, this is nothing like Final Fantasy 11. Eleven was home of the eighty-hour boss fights, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. yes, in fact, you know we would. That's kind of hardcore. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, we would tag team in and out of, of this one God fight where, you know, you would, you would, you would basically, um, save up like your two hour ability uh, for certain classes. And then you would be like tag teamed in to do your two hour ability on this God fight and two hour meaning you could only do it once every two hours. <laughs> and so that kind of gives you the, this glimpse of just the, um, the precision that you have to have and the, uh, the commitment and, and things like that. But, but I also like to speak on the opposite side, you know, that, that if that's the only idea that people have of online games, of course, that's, that's not true. You don't have to play hardcore. You don't have to play, um, for, for in depth for hours, you can play casually. And, and that's really, a really, a really cool aspect of, of what I've experienced as well, because I feel like all of us, you know, can, can think of moments where the world has, has made us feel small or insignificant or, or we, we felt, you know, beaten down, whether it's been at school or, or at work or, or with our family. And I know that for me personally, I had hit this point in life where I had just completely, I don't know how to say it, but just almost like lost trust with the world where I just felt like I wasn't safe. I, I just, I didn't want to go outside at night. I didn't want to, to, to relive any of, of the trauma or the flashbacks that I was having from this, you know, unfortunate, you know, event that, that, that happened. And so I feel like I almost felt like a prisoner where I, I was in, I was in my home and I didn't want to go out, but I was, you know, going stir crazy. And I thought there's no way out. Like what, how can I heal? And it, it's pretty amazing that through MMOs like uh, Final Fantasy or or World of Warcraft or what have you, uh, little by little, you know, meeting people from all over the world, whether it's France or England or you know, just in the United States, different states, you can become this the second family where where you know people, even though I hadn't met them personally. I felt like I had, I felt like they were, you know, the, the closest people to me where they could rally around me and go, Hey, you know, this fight, like the back of your hand, get on the mic and help us lead it. <laughs> and, and to me, that was terrifying, right? I, I mean, there's no way that I would, that I would, that I would, I would put myself out there and, and get on the mic and, and, and speak my opinion or, 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 or give advice or help uh, someone that I didn't know. And so, uh, to be in that crippling position where I was afraid to just just have conversations with strangers, to be able to to little by little be like okay and and have these people um, um, believe in me and back me and and get to the point where I did start to help lead the raids and I did start you know help uh, helping new members you know get incorporated in, into into the fold and and I practiced you know my DPS or my healing or my tanking uh, skills with different players and it's amazing that after years of doing that to now be able to say that I was able to write a book inspired by all these real life experiences, not only in my personal life, but in, in, in the game, in the game world with real gamers, you know, in my book, I have real dialogue that, you know, that I, I remember from our conversations and our guilds and our raids. And I'm able to, to, uh, take that and, and pour it into a book that, um, is, has now, you know, I can now hand that to someone that's never played a game and they can get a glimpse into what it's like to be a part of that community. And they can feel the, the pressures that you have if you really are trying to, to be the best or be a part of the best. And, um, now to be able to say that I can, you know, go around the world and speak on panels about video games, about, you know, leadership and about female protagonists and, um, um, film and, and voice acting and, and villains. And I mean, I, I speak on so many great topics, but I never would have been able to do that 
without the people that I met through video games and without that, that backing and that companionship, that camaraderie. So it, it, it's such a passionate topic for me because I want to share that it, yes, in certain doses, anything can be, you know, addictive or we can overly do anything, you know, wine, shopping, sugar, you know, video games. Mm -hmm. But on the other side, it's just, there's such a, there's such a beauty to coming together in, in such a pure, fun way. And then all like focusing toward a goal, whether that be, you know, server first legendaries, um, like in my case, or, or just playing casually, like in Star Citizen, like we talked about earlier, earlier, you know, with getting our ships ready and, and, and walking around our hangers. So ah, yeah, that's, that's all, all, all of it in a nutshell. I hope I didn't go on too long. <laughs> no, not at all. I can't imagine why you brought up an overdose of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, people on my panel, my panels too, my panelists will, will tease me and they'll be like, all right, I'm not going to match that energy. But, uh, <laughs> but it's just, I, I, I do see a need, you know, for, for, um, just sharing, um, what what things like video games can do and books and how you can reach people that you know may have a um, an experience or a, a, a preconceived notion about it you know like ah oh, I really don't want to try that game because I and I've heard such and such so it's always good right to play the devil's advocate for everything <laughs> very true yeah you know and I I see the same sort of things not only in video games but in other geeky passions like role playing and you know, miniatures and wargaming where they have great positive benefits. So yet there's the stereotypes. Hmm. That's true. Like, are you talking about like the cosplay or are you talking about? Exactly. Yeah. All those sorts of things. So then the question becomes, how do we get more people into our geeky passions? How do we create the next generation of geeks from, you know, whether they're six feet tall or just over a foot long? At the time. <laughs> I'll add to this, how do we make it healthy for them? Hmm. Because getting somebody addicted to an MMO is easier than it sounds. Right. <laughs> Very true. No, it's, 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 a great, it's a great question. And it's really close to my heart because I just had a, a daughter um, a year ago. She just turned one on October 12th. Oh, really and cool. so, oh, yeah. So I've been, she's been traveling uh, with me. My little infant goes everywhere with me uh, to all of my, all of my work conventions, all my jobs. And I, I've been thinking about this because I'm on a lot of panels where um, uh, women in particular will come up to me afterward and say, hey, you know, you're the first woman that I've seen on this panel. You know, how do I – how, how, how do I get involved or how can I get my daughter involved or what's, what's, what are the next steps for just becoming part of uh, the geeky community and, and, and helping help shape, help shaping it. And so for me, I feel like it's always uh, uh, one of the pieces of advice that I always like to give is, uh, you know, that movie robots, it has this, this line in the movie that says, uh, see a need, fill a need. And I feel like that is so imperative to help, Help, helping shape, you know, people that can carry on, um, you know, what you guys were saying, incorporating people into the, the geeky fold, the nerdy fold and, 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 and helping bring awareness to people who may not be, you know, too aware about it. Um, and I feel like narrowing down your passion, your niche, whether that's writing, like for me, I saw this, this gap between gamers and people who, you know, didn't know anything about video games and I wanted to find a way to bridge that gap. Um, I, I feel like that, 
that can spark the passion that can spark the, 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 the engine for you to start creating, you know, your blog or your podcast or your book or uh, start attending cons. And the more that you immerse yourself in whatever genre of, you know, of expertise you want to be your thing, the more you're able to speak on it and the more you're able to speak on it, the more you're able to share. And so I always, I always try to encourage women or, or anyone wanting to get involved do the job you want, you know, start doing it by traveling, by, uh, uh, interviewing, you know, interviewing people who are in the industry. What about you guys? What do you do? Well, for me, I actually, when I do, when I go to gaming events, I actually, um, I try to show up nicely dressed. I don't try to show up looking like the stereotype. I mean, too many people I've, I've seen that go to gaming events, they just show up in a splotchy t-shirt and their sandals. And sure. You know, and when someone comes into the, comes into the a game store, you know, I'm one of the first people to make eye contact and say hi and try to find out what they're interested in, finding them to get a way to get a bridge. I love like, that. What are you into? You know, and then, and go from there and offer them, you know, some things to play. We, uh, at the game store, we have it at, at Adventure Game Store. There's a lot of demo games. And if you know the right ones that are like, we wouldn't call them beginner games, but they are, Games that are easy for bridge games, basically bridge games. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The barrier to entry is really low. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Because believe it or not, for a lot of gaming, you develop a language or an expected set of actions to happen in a game. And sometimes, when games provide you a new set of actions or language, you get tripped up. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I bumped into someone who came into game night thinking they wanted to do bridge. And they said, yeah, I'll learn this game. And I go, okay, so you take the card, you move it sideways, and that lets you do what's written on the card. And they <laughs> stare at the card, and their head just almost literally exploded. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's like I love that you said – you know, you, you try to do the opposite of what you've seen, whether that's, you know, by, by, by the way you dress or the way you greet people, because that's happened to me too, where people will say, Oh, well, you don't look like a gamer. Um, and I wonder, well, what does that even mean? You know, what, how come I don't look? What, what does quote unquote look like a gamer mean? And, and so even though it's true that the more uh, generations that are born now and that are raised, you know, right alongside their parents who are playing video games, who are playing uh, board games, you know, D&D, &D, um, who are uh, uh, blogging or being very social through social media or, um, or creating films or um, what have you, writing books. I can't forget about books. I feel like this, this, this question will, you know, get less and less uh, predominant where we will have more uh, people just naturally growing up in the industries, but there is still a need right here and now for just like what you said, Chris, to, to make sure that we are leading by example and that we're changing minds and changing stereotypes because it's just not fair that the media has, has been able to perpetuate this just blanketed statement over, you know, whatever geeky topic uh, uh, we bring up. Preach it. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, what about you, Cam? And what, what do you do? You know, I, I'm sort of the same way. I, I actually do a lot of demos, and um, I actually uh, not just for Yellow, but for another company, uh, Dexposure. Uh, I demo a lot of, uh, of games, and I actually forgot to mention in my Geekly, I, I, I demoed this week um, uh, at Sa on Saturday at the Adventure Game Store a game called Space Cadets Away Missions, which is a new game that just came out, uh, and I have several other cool. events set up coming and and i just you know i just try like chris said i just try to put things into a language uh that they can understand like a non-gamer would understand 
And then once they sort of like feel that like, okay, this isn't so bad because I think especially if you're, you know, because the first thing you do, like first thing someone says when you say, oh, well, I, I play board games. The first thing that comes out of their mouth is what? Like Monopoly, you know? And, and <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. And then, so once you introduce yeah. them to the breadth of games, whether it be board games, video games, like, you know, because, uh, you know, I can see the same thing when it comes to video games. Like, oh, I love video games. What? Like Candy Crush? Like, you, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> people are, are like, what? Like, you know, uh, Super Mario. But there's so many sure. other games, you know. And so it can be quite overwhelming for people even that are in into them, you know. So I think putting it into terms and, and, and uh, I guess – using metaphors and stuff that they can understand goes a long way. Like, like Chris said, you know, tapping a card that's so foreign to most people that play traditional trick taking games or spades or whatever it is. Um, but if you can explain to them that like, look, this is your card and it has a special ability, but before it can be used, you have to activate it. And, but you activate it by turning it. You know, I think they sort of get it a lot easier than if you just say, well, no, you just tap it, you, you know, they, sure. it, they won't, they won't get it. So I just sort of try to make it as accessible as possible. I really like that you said that because I feel like some gamers do uh, – they do love that they are um, so veteran at a, a certain topic within mm -hmm. gaming and they, they, they pride themselves on how elitist you know they are. And they right. can really scare uh, people that are really unfamiliar because they can just rattle off you know their, the, the terms and the language and this and that. And it can be, like you said, really overwhelming really quickly mm -hmm. for someone that doesn't know the industry and so they can just be turned off in a split second and and i and i you know i hope that uh you know there's not that many trolls out there that just you know revel in that <laughs> and you know love you know revel scaring scaring people off and so i like what you said where you know it's up to us to to play the other side of it and go hey well actually just tap it you know tap the card or do this and make you know make it fun not make it this look how much i know i'm going to overwhelm you with my knowledge because i'm an expert you know? exactly and that, and that's definitely been a process cuz we've been doing these game nights that you know we 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 do at the adventure game store every you know twice a week now um and you know it, it's a process like at first you know, it's like anything else. You just learn as you go and you learn what works, what doesn't work and what people respond to and what people don't respond to. And, you know, everyone's different. People might respond to one thing that don't respond to another. Some people are very cerebral. It just, you know, it just, I think you just have to know your audience. And I'm sure you get this, you know, in terms of your writing and in terms of your panels and stuff like that. You just got to sort of gauge your audience and then go with whatever you think is working, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, this is such a great topic because like you guys said, there's so many, regardless of, of age, regardless of what you do, regardless of who you are, you know, everyone can be, there's so many people that will say, oh, well, you're not a gamer unless, right. you know, and then they insert a certain game or they insert a certain scenario or they insert something that you, you have had to have achieved. And, and again, you go back to hardcore uh, realms of people that can 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 immediately scare someone away by going, oh, well, you play that, you play Candy Crush, you're not a gamer, you know? Right. But honestly, whatever casual games, like you guys said, whatever casual games gets them just introduced into uh, gaming makes them a gamer. And and I and I've done you know talks on that and who's qualified as a gamer, who qual who's qualified as a as a cosplayer, this and that. And there are all these labels, but but honestly. 
you know, Halloween, that's that you're cosplaying. Um, right. uh, football games, <laughs> when you're dressing up as your favorite uh, football player, that's cosplay. <laughs> you know, and then for gaming, same thing. You're playing board games, you're playing video games, whatever it is you're a gamer. So then there's also those barriers that, that keep, you know, the next generation of, of, of geekies, uh, from, from blossoming is this, is you have those, uh, those, those, those rules, which I think we can eradicate by saying the opposite. Right. And that's, I think that's like a whole nother conversation where, you know, we as sort of, I guess, traditional geeks or nerds, you know, grew up, mm-hmm. I guess, going through all of the hardships that, you know, mm-hmm. nerds, quote unquote, traditionally had, like getting picked on and being sort of the outsider. And so we feel like we've earned this like entitlement to be like, all right, well, you know, I've been playing D&D for 30, you know, 25 years or whatever it sure. is. You know, who are you that, you know, you were you were the cool, cool girl in high school, the cool kid. How can you just come in and do this or whatever? But, you know, that's. Just like, you know, I mean, I don't want to say just like, I'm not saying that like, you know, it's like the plight of, you know, (laughs) African-Americans or the Jews or anything like that. But I'm just saying like, you know, it it definitely, you you have that sort of like, well, I've been through this and you haven't. So, you know, I've paid my dues, you, you know, whereas, you know, we need to remember that the reason why we had it so bad was because people were excluding us. So how can we exclude these people now just because they're, you know, they're new to it or they're newer to these things. We should be, Excellent. you know, rejoicing and, and, you know, welcoming people into this thing that we enjoy because more people involved makes it better for everyone, I think. For sure, for sure. And there's this this um, this um uh, joke in video games and MMOs in particular where, you know, if you say uh, girl in an online game, it stands for guy in real life. <laughs> and, yeah. and so if you get on the mic, <laughs> if you get on the mic and you hear a girl's voice, a lot of um, the male players will be like, oh, you're not a girl liar. You know, there's no such thing as girls, you know, in MMOs. And so I incorporated that some in, into my own writing where I where – I, where I express how I did, there were male gamers that, that would, that would assume that, you know, Hey, because I'm a woman, you're probably not going to be able to keep up with the boys, you know? And, and, mm-hmm. and so I, 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 I had this excite, excitement inside because I knew that, it, you know, with the right, with, with my determination, with the right focus and with the right practice, I could give them a run for their money. And that's exactly what I did is I, I would practice my DPS to practice my rotations. I would, uh, research, you know, making sure I had all the gems and enchants to get me, you know, just the right edge. And sure enough, I, I was able to rank, you know, in the top, um, uh, 100 of, of the whole, um, DPS, um, in the whole, uh, realm. And so it, it was a really cool, satisfying moment for me to be able to, you know, rank in, in, in that kind of a way. And then also to get, you know, uh, an achievement like the server first legendary, because I was able to show that, Hey, you know, you can, again, like you were saying, you can't just judge a book by its cover. You got to give that person a chance, whether they've never played D and D or an MMO or what, what have you, or if they've a 30 year veteran. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think, I think we all really need to sort of remember that. Uh, and I say we, in terms of just the, the geek nerd, culture you know in general it's just look if someone is interested in it just because they haven't gone through the things you've gone through in life doesn't mean that they're not entitled to you know be involved in it or you know have the same rights as you do in terms of like playing it or having fun you know and i think it's the whole noob culture thing like oh you're just a noob you you know get out of here or whatever and and, you know it's you know i've never sort of gone for that i mean I, i understand it obviously because 
I knew kids in high school that had a tough time, a really tough time. And now it's yeah. like, well, these things that I loved for so long are finally cool and accepted. And now everyone's jumping on the bandwagon, you know? Sure. And that I can totally see that point of view. And I think, I think it's totally, totally fine and, and great if we reward like those, those people that are, you know, veterans and that, that, that are amazing at that specific genre. Like, I feel like giving them titles like, uh, you know, hardcore or elite or veteran, mm-hmm. amazing, what have you. I feel like that's, that's awesome because that way you can kind of separate the brand new, you know, new, like, okay, you're a casual player. You, right. you don't quite know what you're doing or we can, you know, be like, wow, you know, you have earned such and such of, you know, these titles and you, you're really elite. You're really veteran. You're really, you know, hardcore. I, I feel like, I, I want to at least, you know, give due to the to the person that has, you know, like you said, paid their dues, worked their way up, or what, what whatever the case may be, so they can feel like they did achieve, and we're recognizing their achievement. Because I mean, we all we all should be recognized for our achievements. So if you're really good at a video game, or you know, I don't know whatever geeky subject insert here, (laughs) you know, we can tell you that and we can praise you and, and, and make you feel good about yourself because you are really good at it. Absolutely. Yeah. I know so many gamers that I just, I, I tell them time and time again, like, Whoa, you, you know, you were, you were number one, you know, for such and such a week. And that's a huge deal. Like out of the millions of people that play this game, you know, you were the, you were the best in that particular fight at that particular moment. That's a huge achievement. Definitely. Yay for games. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you, I mean, games, you know, if you can't play games and what's, you know, life isn't worth living, right? Yeah. And I keep wondering, you know, how uh, the next generation is, is going to feel like you said, because so much of, of the geeky nerdy culture has changed. In fact, uh, there, there was a, a person, um, I can't remember what convention, but he was convinced, um, that, you know, he didn't qualify with the word geek because he associated it with maybe an older version that he had heard that was a negative version, right? Where he was like, oh, I'm not that. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm cool and I'm not, you know, isolated or, or rejected or, or whatever the old, you know, association that he had put with it. And so I, I was trying to, to, you know, just explain, the the thinking behind it now, like what you guys are, are saying, like the geeky weeky and the, the segments that we do where we can express our passions and what um we what drives us to create or or inspires us to be a part of a community. So that's the other thing is is thinking about how is my brand new little baby girl, how is she going to associate these words, you know, being brought up in this new generation? And what is she going to think of conventions? I mean, she goes to these regularly with me because it's part of my job. So to her, it's not even going to be a big deal. You know, it's going to be just like a a way of life. Like she's like, yeah, I grew up on the convention floor. (laughs) What's the big deal? So I'm interested to see how she will look at cosplay and, and, and panels and, and, and all these great topics. And it's, it's, I think we're living in a really cool time, but I think it's even cooler to think, wow, when, when the, um, I think Cam, you said it earlier about the bandwagon or, or something like when that dies down, what will geek look like then, you know? Right. And, you know, so many people we've talked to, especially lately, like I'd say in the last year or so, it's, you know, and I, I tend to agree with them. I feel like there is really no such thing as geek culture anymore. I mean, it's so melded into pop culture. It's just culture now. You know what I mean? Like it's it's woven its way into every corner of 
TV, video games, board games, uh, you know, the movies, like, you know, the biggest selling movies for the last five years have been, you know, Avengers, Iron Man, all, all, you know, all stuff that would have been considered completely geeky uh, 10, 15 years ago. Now it's just, you know, big time Hollywood. So it's like, you know, that's just, it's just part of our life now. Right. And, and how, how interesting that, uh, you know, the movies like Avengers and Iron Man and we, we do panels about how are, how are the movies influencing, uh, new comic readers? Like, are we getting, uh, people who go and see the movie, are they also going and reading the comics? And I'm, I'm getting 50, 50, you know, responses where some people are saying, no, it's not increasing, uh, comic readers, the people are just going to see the movie and they don't even know, you know, the history or the real, um, story behind the comics. And then I have others that, 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 uh, truly believe it is helping and people are going back and, and reading the comics. I don't know if you guys have heard anything about that. Yeah, I think, well, from what, just anecdotally, I, I, I've just seen that it's more of the kids that are getting into the comic books rather than adults that have already just sort of lived their life without ever being into comic books. You know what I mean? Sure. If that makes sense. And that sort of brings me sort of a, to a question I had for you, which was, you know, you, you and, and, you know, the rest of us, you know, we grew up with the console or the PC. That was like the big thing. Are you a console gamer? Are you a PC gamer? Like, you know, that was the big thing. Now it's like the kids these days, they don't, they don't care at all about consoles really or, or, or PCs. <laughs> now it's like all about the handhelds. You know what I mean? Like, why am I going to sure. go sit at a freaking computer or sit at a, you know, sit with a console when I can be on, uh, you know, I, I can be out, of, you know, hanging out or on the, you know, in the car or whatever on my phone or on my, my tablet playing games, you know? And so it's like, it's just crazy how as generations evolve and as, as time passes, the things that we were so like into have now morphed into such different things. Sure. And, you know, video game developers um, that I work alongside regularly always ask the question, like what you said, what's the future hold for PC gaming? What does the future hold for console gaming? Um, did PC gaming really go anywhere or has it been there the whole time? And and developers, mm -hmm. you know, swear that PC gaming didn't go anywhere. It may have, you know, not been on the trending, you know, fad of, of talking about it, you know, recently, but it didn't go anywhere. It still has a huge, huge following. And then console gaming like you said, where we we always hear about the console wars, but the younger, like you said, young kids right now, just give me my my, my mobile game so I can be on the go, you know, wh wherever I am. Mm. But I think I think honestly, with all of with all of the the hearsay that I've that I've heard from everyone, I do. It's it's, it's I hate for it to be a cop out answer, but I do think that each has a place for each type of gaming where you, when you get home from work as an adult, you, you are going to want to just sit down, get on your console and, you know, play Witcher three or whatever game <laughs> you're playing at the moment and just relax. And then you're going to have uh, gamers that really prefer the PC because uh, of the feel of the controls or, or I know, you know, FPS players swear by the PC. <laughs> um, so they, they'll, they'll always go to their computer and then, like you said, maybe, you know, mobiles. So I, I really don't feel like any of them are going anywhere, but we still hear the, like every week, oh, now this console's dying or, oh, now mm -hmm. the PC is dying or, but it's, ah, it's just hype, right? Yeah. You know, I, I just think as technology evolves, it, 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 it will, it will always work itself out. You know what I mean? I, I mean, we just, we did a news story uh, on one of our shows a, a couple weeks ago about, Apple filing for their patents for their new, for their new console. And it doesn't even have a, 
uh, a disc reader. It's going to be totally mm-hmm. like downloadable content probably. And, mm-hmm. and how, you know, Sony is moving towards just streaming games straight through your smart TV without even a console anymore. So it's like, you know, I think it's, it, as the technology finds its way, the people will follow, you know? Sure. But the, on the other side of the coin, there are so many gamers that are upset that with just downloadable content, there are so many issues where you can get locked out of games right. that you have, you have bought, you, you know, that it is your legally owned game. And, you know, <laughs> I think with the Wii U or something, you know, this gamer got locked out continually from, from his content and he wasn't able to play. And then you have gamers that have to wait hours for downloadable content when you just want to get home. You just want to pop in, you know, the disc and play mm-hmm. right then. You maybe only have 10 minutes before you have to start dinner and you don't have time to wait for this seven hour up upload and and so i know that that there are there's a huge number of gamers that still like that physical copy or still like the ability to just you know hop in and play in and out not have to 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 wait for for download so i'm i'm a little worried about going straight to download and 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 losing uh just the physical able to jump in but then again physical copies like destiny and i have destiny and i put it in and then there's an update that still takes takes an hour yeah (laughs) yeah still takes an hour or two so now we're getting you know double-edged sword where we can't even play a game right away that you have the disc for because of the it's a problem it seriously is (laughs) yeah and even if you have the disc if you have to play online if their servers are down or they're getting ddoxed or something you're screwed you know so it's like I don't know. And it really reminds me too of like the whole, like when uh, all these e-readers came out, well, how oh, books are, books are going to die. But you know, there's still a lot of people that just like the tactile feel of books in their hands. And I, you know, so I exactly. think there's a place for everything. Exactly. You're, you're, you you can have the paperbacks, but then you can have your ebook for when you travel so that you can, you know, have, have, just like for games, you have your games on the go and then you have your games at home that you need to play on your PC or your console. And how cool that we have this problem. It's like, not like, yeah. I don't have games at all. No, we have three different, you know, <laughs> choices of how we want to play our games. First we're First world problems, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, what'll be amazing is when if they finally get to the point where it's like minority minority report, where you know you have you have your game on your mobile device, you get home, you just sort of like make a throwing motion, it goes up on your TV, <laughs> you can play it. Then you want to go upstairs, you just you know like that would be amazing. Oh my gosh, we have to do an episode together about VR and AR because it, just getting to talk to developers about their vision for virtual reality and then getting to talk to developers that no 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 say augmented reality is really where it's where it's happening for video games is just fascinating and and we just we just have to get into that next time because it's so there's so much to VR and AR and there really is a battle that's beginning between them that I'm that I'm excited to be on the front lines uh, for because it's it's really changing the way we game and and not just for games but i'm i'm meeting with developers who want to incorporate it for other genres of entertainment like music so that you can you know let's say you're sitting there with your oculus or what have you you can you know open a music album and you can see you know the artist just pop up as that mm-hmm. avatar standing next to you you know have a, a conversation with them and 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 see see that like whole music genre uh, open up where you could pay to uh, be virtually at a concert and, and, and listen to a concert as if you're there, but you're not. So it, it, people always think, oh, VR video games. But honestly, there's so many other uh, um, entertainment industries that want to jump on that as well. 
Yeah, I know Brian's big on the HoloLens thing, right, Brian? <laughs> I actually just today, it's kind of like a little sideline. I uh, review comics, and I, I mean, I don't see tons of comics, but I, I see more than I ever could if I had to buy them all. And uh, I saw one today that was an AR comic book. Wow. Oh, cool. You download the app and you hold your cell phone over it and it displays on the cell phone. Oh my gosh. Honestly, you guys. It, it's really cool. Uh, that's called Faster Than Light if anybody wants to check that out. That's the first one I've seen do it. I'm sure there will be others. I'm pretty sure all of that company is going to do it. Faster Than Light. Okay. Got it. We have to uh, collaborate or like do a panel on this or, you know, something because it's, it's, it's a really, really exciting topic. Absolutely. I love AR anytime. <laughs> yes. Okay. Done. Let's do it. We have to do that. <laughs> For sure. Um, but yeah, uh, just in, just in case we run out of time, um, if, uh, any of you guys want to, uh, catch up with me or keep up with me, you can find all of my info at janicedavis.com. And I have a really unique name. So it's Janice with a G. It's, I always tell people it's like Denise, but with a G. So it's G E N E S E. Uh, and then Davis is easy. So that's awesome. Uh, so janicedavis.com. And I'm also on Facebook at uh, Facebook slash uh, Janice Davis official. And then I'm on Twitter and Instagram, uh, all, all those social media platforms. You just Google me. You can find me. <laughs> and I'll be um, at the Tulsa Comic Con this weekend. I'll be uh, at Austin the following. And then I'll also see be at shows at, in Reno, uh, Portland. Um, I, I have so many shows, you guys, all year round that if you are are in the United States, you have no excuse. You must meet me at my next show because <laughs> I go coast to coast. In fact, I met you guys in Florida and I'm in California right now. So I was literally across the coast just a few weeks ago. That's awesome. Wow. Oh, and my book. Make sure to check out my book, The Holder's Dominion. It's yes. a video game thriller. And so anybody that likes thrillers or, or video games, and, and you don't have to be a gamer to enjoy it. You know, honestly, I wrote it for those who know someone that's a gamer but aren't gamers themselves so that they can really uh, get an authentic glimpse into what a gaming community is like and, and what gamers go through. And if you don't like video games, honestly, it's just a part of the book. You also follow the protagonist, you know, as she uh, goes head to head with this hacker and as she heals um, from trauma that she's going through in her own life with her mom and her brother. So it's, it's a really cool story that, that isn't just for gamers or um, for someone that knows gamers, but for those of us who maybe didn't grow up playing games, but we all know someone that's super awesome at video games. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Oh, and where can they find your books? Uh, the best place for them to go to, to, to pick up the book? Oh, thank you for asking. Uh, you can get it in paperback or ebook, um, anywhere books are sold, like Amazon or Barnes and Noble. And of course, if you get a paperback, I will autograph it for you at my next book signing. Very cool. <laughs> I, I, I have been asked to autograph a Kindle before, so I can do that too. But. <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, you guys, thank you so, so, so much for having me. I, I, I hate to cut it short because you are just a blast and I love your positive energy and everything about what you're doing and, and your topics. So I cannot thank you guys enough and thank all of your listeners so, so much for listening and joining in with us. No, thank you for, for being on. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Absolutely. My pleasure. Definitely. And let's meet up at the next convention, whether it's San Diego Comic-Con or uh, literary uh, uh, book conventions I do or entertainment expos like E3. We have to. We have to make it a thing. For sure. We will. <laughs> Definitely.
Great Scott, Cannon Brighton. We seem to have overshot the news items. Let's get back in the DeLorean and rewind to 40 minutes ago. Let's now go to the news. Brian, why don't you start out first? Oh, I'm glad I went first this week. Now I, I get to ruin Star Wars for everybody. Damn <laughs> That's it. That's the only news that exists this week. Star Wars. Star Wars, the, the quote-unquote last trailer premiered, I guess, two, three nights ago. Tickets went on sale right. immediately afterwards. Uh, every box office in the country immediately crashed overwhelming demand overwhelming excitement and i i have been honest with this i don't think i'm going to absolutely love it but i think it's going to be a great film i think it's going to be a really good film well here's my bit it's not like it's going to be a one night only performance yeah but i mean you don't want to be i mean this is one of those movies where you don't want to be the guy that's like oh i haven't seen it yet <laughs> well, i haven't seen it yet no spoilers well, see, the thing is, for me, spoilers don't bother me as much. Oh, I can't stand them. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, move on. I'm going to wait, like, a couple of nights. So, like, for two days, I'll be the guy at the water cooler who hasn't seen Star Wars yet. But then, you know, I'll see it. Actually, it starts, I think, on Wednesday or Thursday, doesn't it? Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. yeah. I have tickets 7 p.m. Thursday. So, Adventure Game Store, sorry, I will be late. <laughs> but that's just for that show, right? You didn't get those crazy mega tickets where they're going to start the marathon? No, the day before, you can still get tickets. They're, I mean, they're, they're doing the whole marathon the day before uh. on the Wednesday, as far, as far as I could tell. And I, I mean, I have all those videos on DVD. I'm not going to go to the theater for that, but like, and I'm not going to pay for episodes <laughs> one through three again. So, so. I don't really want to be trapped with Star Wars nerds for like two days. Yeah, for sure. The the stank might be a, you know, a little more more than you can bear. But no, I definitely got tickets for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday showings. <laughs> so is that just one ticket for you? Or are you taking a friend? Um, I got two tickets for Thursday, two tickets for Friday, and three tickets for Saturday. Um, it's sort of a tradition. I've I've seen all of the Star Wars movies with my mom and brother. Oh, that's cool. You know, the ones when I was younger, I mean, they, the first two came out before I was even, you know, like whatever old, uh, born and old enough to know what was going on. Uh, the first movie I saw in the theater was, uh, Return of the Jedi. So, um, I saw that in the theater with my mom and my brother and, and my dad actually. And, um, you know, I'd watched the other ones uh, on VHS before that. So, and then obviously one through three, we went to the theater to see him. So, we're going to continue the tradition with the, that's why I got the three for, for those days. And then shit, whatever, whatever, you know, who knows what I'm going to be, who knows who I'll be dating or what I'll be doing on by that Thursday and Friday. So, you know, we'll just play it by ear. I just got two, two, two tickets for each night. It's cam plus one. Yeah. Cam <laughs> plus one. What did everybody think of the trailers? That's the question. Oh, amazing. Amazing. You see, uh, you know, Luke R2, that was intriguing to me. The, the Knights of, 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 uh, of, uh, of Ren, lots of good stuff. The, the trailer was uh, amazing. And, and I, I want to shout this from the rooftops. It gave nothing away. Right. And I think that's so unusual for trailers these days. 
it, it, yeah, it, 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 instead of giving things away, it raised even more questions, which, I mean, this marketing campaign has been amazing. Uh, only followed secondly by the Back to the Future, uh, Nike, you know, uh, laces, uh, marketing campaign, which is, I love that. which is going to come up in my new segment, but like, that's been amazing as well. But, you know, they're, uh, you know, one of the big questions I've always had is, so who's going to be the next like apprentice Jedi, right? Like, is it going to be the guy? Is it, is it going to be the, the girl? I, I can't, I, I don't remember the names of the actors, but, and, uh, um, you know, a lot of, for a long time, the people were saying it's, it's the girl, but then you see in the trailer that the kid, the guy has, has the lightsaber. So I don't know. My news this week is the trailer came out and I have spent every second since then analyzing it and talking about it and everything like that. He is scared shitless when he draws that saber. He might as well be cutting open a tauntaun. (laughs) (laughs) He does not know how to use that thing. He can't be the Jedi. Yeah. He's he's probably like the ring bearer. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm beginning to think that, uh, you know, there's rumors that they're looking for relics. I'm beginning to think that one of the relics they're looking for is the Millennium Falcon. Maybe. But I mean, it's shown pretty, pretty predominantly though in 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 both trailers, right? It is. But I mean, here's a good example. I mean, Han Solo's on there, and he's like, "I'm home," because he hasn't seen it. And they're asking him, "Is it all true?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's all true." The Jedi, the dark side. It seems like all the stuff about the Star Wars trilogy, the first one, which is the middle one now, has become myth at this point for the new movie, right? And, you know, we're all thinking it's going to be about Jedi and lightsabers as relics. But, you know, it's the, maybe the Millennium Falcon or finding these legendary characters that have just been like literal legends to these people for the, what is it? This is 30 years after? 30-ish, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a whole generation has grown up without, you know, the Rebel Alliance. And then the impression I'm getting is that this is a corner where the Empire did not yet die. It has held on and it's gotten stronger in its little corner. Yeah, and, and Kylo makes it a, a point in the trailer to say, like, I'm going to finish what you started. And they show the Vader mask, you know. If that's what he's really looking at. Who knows? Oh, I've heard so many good theories about that. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I really can't wait to see this film. It's uh, it's what? What is it? Two seconds. Are we counting off the two days? Months. I mean, it's almost, it, it's almost exactly, it's almost exactly, you know, two months from now. A little less, actually. So that's good news. Besides that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the show? <laughs> Anything else, Brian, or that's it? Uh, no, no, that that's about it. All right, Cam, so I'll let you take the next one. Uh, obviously, hard to follow that. Um, I just got uh, – I mean, the big news is today, uh, you know, through the magic of, you know, podcasting, uh, you know, whatever. Today is Back to the Future Day, obviously. October 21st, 2015, 30 years into the future – from uh the uh Back to the Future franchise. Back to the Future is one of my top five movies of all time. I was wearing a fucking Save the Clock Tower shirt all day today. I was scouring the internet all day because last night um Nike tweeted Michael J. Fox, we'll see you tomorrow. And everyone has been anticipating the Nike uh self-lacing shoes uh were gonna come out today. Um and they got teased even further when they saw that tweet. Uh, and the internet was just on fire all night uh, and all day, you know, seeing whether or not that was going to happen. 
But uh, unfortunately, they did not come out today, but they did release a video um, showing Michael J. Fox trying on a pair and them self-lacing onto his foot, um, which is pretty amazing. And apparently, they are going to be released soon. They're not saying when, but I think it's going to be an initial limited release for, again, like they back in 2011, they had the shoes that didn't lace up, but they were replicas of, of the movie Nikes. Now, I guess they are going to do the same thing that they did back then, which is a Parkinson's uh, charity eBay auction for like a limited amount of pairs. And then after that, then I guess they're going to be released sort of, you know, worldwide in 2016, hopefully. So we'll we'll wait and see on that. Let's see any other news things. Um, you know, I had some new stuff, but it's nothing's going to really live up to that except for did you guys see that these planet hunters have found this planet out there that looks like it has satellites, like man, like you know, non-natural things cir- circling wow. the world? Have, have you seen? Yeah, that? I heard about. I that. hadn't yeah. heard that. Yeah, there's there's a there's these unusual light patterns coming off this one planet that they've been watching, and it seems like there's so much stuff circling. You know, sort of like how there's like a million pieces of space junk and satellite and whatever circling our uh, our world. It seems like that is exactly what is happening on that world. And all of the metrics and whatever it is they use suggest that it can't be just like space dust or rocks or whatever. It would have taken like, you know, a long, much longer time to do that. Or it's not in the window where it could have happened. You know, whatever, whatever it is these, you know, space guys use to figure out, like they're basically saying that it seems like the only explanation is that they were put there you know, by some intelligence. So yeah, the media right now is using the, the, the two words Dyson sphere. That seems pretty awesome. But, uh, you know, and I guess on a, on a planetary global, you know, universal scale that trumps star Wars, uh, and, uh, back to the future only slightly, you know, that's it for my news. Boy. So going last sucks tonight. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Good luck following that. Well, on a much smaller scale, uh, in the role-playing community, there was a little seismic shift because we have D and Diesel this week. Vin Diesel, yes. he jumped in and he role-played Dungeons & Dragons. He's had a history of it. Uh, even on talk shows, he's mentioned playing Dungeons & Dragons. There is this uh, web series called uh, Critical Role where the GM and most of the gamers are all voice actors. So as they emote their parts, they're doing it with voice actor quality. A lot of people like it. They say that uh, Matthew Mercer, the GM, is a talented at not only making voices, but being a GM. So it was pretty awesome to see Vin Diesel in that group. Matthew Mercer even created the Witch Hunter class for Vin Diesel to play, which... Nice. It, yes, because upco- he's got an upcoming movie where he plays this Witch Hunter character. So I'm sure it was kind of you know both backs getting scratched here. Um, but it was very cool. Um, and the only other news I have, and it's, I guess it's going to be kind of the downer. YouTube is now doing a $10 a month subscription, subscription service, get rid of ads and you get access to upcoming TV shows that they're creating and movies that they're creating. So they're going Netflix, going pseudo Netflix. I mean, you can still watch all the YouTube stuff you want, but you're going to get ads. So actually, it'd be closer to Hulu if Hulu was really honest with us. Well, that but that yeah, but that's for mainly for their their own content, right? For the stuff that they're going to be creating. Yeah, yeah. They, the ten dollars is no ads and access to their content. 
their proprietary movies and TV shows that they're doing. Interesting. I think it's called the Red Line or the Red Box Service. Don't quote me on that. It's Red something. Red Tube. <laughs> Red Tube. <laughs> I think that one's already taken. <laughs> no, come on. Don't Google that. Sorry, I was joking. Yeah, yeah. And NSFW, what is that? Not safe for work. Not safe for work. <laughs> yeah. Don't be fooled by Brian's dead pant. Yeah, trust me. Don't Google that at home or the kids are around. So that wraps up my pathetic news in comparison to Dyson Spheres, Star Wars, and Michael J. Fox putting on some self-lacing sneakers 30 years after the fact. I mean, I'm definitely buying a pair of those. I don't care what it costs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- that, that, that's really cool. I don't know if I'd say top five, but I, I love that that entire series, even with the like cheesiness and, oh, my God. I want that stupid hat. I'd totally wear that jacket. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like they could have made that jacket a lot easier than the shoes, right? Like, yeah, that's what that's what they should have been working on all these years. Not these bootleg cover boards that they have now, and or the funky little seg- mini segways they're trying to call hoverboards. Yeah. Well, Cam. Well, Brian. It looks like it's time for us to go back to the future to the end of the episode. Well. Thanks to our Mr. Fusion, we're now at the end of our episode. Remember that we're always available on iTunes. Please give us favorable comments, maximum stars, rate us, and subscribe. You can also catch us on your favorite podcatching software. And then also don't forget to lace us up and stream us on Stitcher. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, add us to your Google circle, and join the Nerd Stravaganza HQ group on Facebook. All right, buttheads, fire up your DeLorean and head on over to nerdstravaganza.com and check out this and all of our back episodes. Make like a tree and get out of here over onto YouTube and check out all of our video content by typing nerdstravaganza into the handy-dandy search bar. And shoot us an email at nerdstravaganza at gmail.com and let us know about all the fun you had at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. And with all that said, Thomas, take us away. I guess he's been erased from time. So tonight we're going to be joined by our ghost co- ghost, ghost host, <laughs> ghost Halloween host theme. mansion. Yeah. Uh, well, no future in voice acting, right? Now I've blown it. I've blown it. All right. No, no worries. Three, two, one.